Why is all this happening? Let's have a frank, honest discussion about why all this is happening. Why are you getting crushed at the pump? Why is the government trying to distract you? What's going on out there? Plus, my friend Josh Hammer, all that's coming up on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. It's time for some COVID consequences. I've got a son. Actually, to be fair, I have two sons. Let's just focus on the oldest one. He's 13 years old. Let's say I go home and I want to teach him how to drive, start teaching him how to drive. And truth is, I'm already doing that. Don't tell anyone, but let's say I want to teach him how to drive. And to teach him how to drive, I take him out, show him where to sit, obviously, and then I tell him, look, son, you really don't need to check your mirrors, all right? And those speed limit signs, honestly, don't pay any attention to those. Stop sign, look, son, stop if you feel like it, but I never do. And I go out day after day after day, and I, t- I teach him all these things. Hey, t- don't worry about change. Don't worry about signals when you change lanes. Don't worry about that. Oh, your windshield's a little dirty. Don't wash it. Visibility isn't that big of a deal. You know, every bad thing you could teach your son. He's 13 right now, and I teach him that for a few years. And then he finally gets his driver's license. Let's call it 16. He goes out day one, gets in a massive car wreck, hurts himself and a bunch of other people. Not changing, not signaling about changing lanes, you know, the whole works. Is that his fault? Did he do that? Who's responsible for that? And the reason I bring this up is this. I have been soliciting on my radio show and on social media, I've been soliciting stories from people about what inflation is doing to them, what gas prices are doing to them. And the stories are just beyond devastating. Beyond devastating. You you can imagine. I'm not going to this medical treatment. I had to quit my job. We had to have mom move back home. I mean, the, the story after story after story, they're devastating. And I see so much right now, so much of this on the right. I see so much of it's Biden's fault. Biden sucks. I hate Joe Biden. Biden did this. Well, that's not really true. Now, yes, Joe Biden made everything worse, especially gas prices. Stopped the Keystone Pipeline, stopped the oil and gas leases. There's no question he made everything worse. And he's passing trillion-dollar, multi-trillion-dollar spending packages. Joe Biden made everything worse, yes. But if you're right now getting crucified at the pump, if you're getting crucified when you try to buy chicken, if you're having to make life-altering decisions because everything in your life is more expensive all of a sudden and you're looking for, for who to blame and why this happened, well, allow me to introduce you to the one who was teaching my son how to drive. We're asking that same sense of community to come together and stand up against this virus. And if they, everybody in America does what we ask for over the next 15 days, we will see a dramatic difference and we won't have to worry about the ventilators and we won't have to worry about the ICU beds because we won't have our elderly and our people at the greatest risk having to be hospitalized. There you go. That's when inflation began. And no, I'm not going to let this go. I'm not going to move on. 
I'm not going to just assume the, the, the words of the day. It's Joe's fault. It's all Biden's fault. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to let anybody get away with that. Not on the left and not on the right. No. We took a $20 trillion economy and just, boop, stopped it for a virus. Go home? Every, I'm sorry? Everybody go home for 15 days? What? That alone started people going out of business. Then, of course, it turned into 30, turned into multiple months. No, you're not getting away with this. You're not going to get away with blaming Joe Biden for all of it. Sorry, not working. Not here. Not here on this show. The idea that you have to stop your economy in response to a virus is the dumbest, most insane, most inhumane, damaging idea in the history of mankind. In the history of mankind. The total damage that's going to be done to not just America, the entire world, especially the West, because of that stupid, insane concept, it's incalculable. It will be more than we can ever do. You're mad about inflation right now? Well, you don't stop a $20 trillion economy and then start printing trillions of dollars and then just start checking money at the economy. That's not how it works, okay? That you guarantee yourself inhuman amounts of financial pain. So allow me to say this again while I get fired up here before I move on to everything else. Allow me to say this one more time for the cheap seats. You don't stop your economy ever, not for any reason. I don't care if 10 nuclear bombs dropped on America's 10 biggest cities tomorrow. You still don't ever look at your economy and say, boop, we'll just pause it, guys. It's a pause. We can unpause it again like Netflix. Freaking insanity. And if it sounds like I'm mad, it's because I've spent the last 48 hours reading email after email after email of the devastation that has been caused by this. And I'm extra mad because I'm an idiot and I knew this was coming. And I warned everybody this was coming on day one. I warned about the coming inflation, the mental health crisis, the drug and alcohol abuse. I warned about all of it. And not only did I warn, I had a guy Still good friends with him. I'm not going to name him. I had a guy in Trump's White House. I had a couple good friends, actually, in Trump's White House. And as a result of having a guy very close to Trump, I'm not close to Trump. I don't know, I don't know him at all. He doesn't know me. But it, I had a guy in the White House. And the things I was saying on day one, they were being placed in front of the President of the United States. I have a picture, can't share it, picture of what I was saying sitting on the Oval Office desk. I was warning what was coming. I was telling everyone, and it went to the highest levels. And instead, it was Dr. Fauci. Let's listen to Dr. Fauci. Oh, public health, the greater good. What do you want me to say? I mean, yeah, I'm gonna move on here and we're gonna trash Joe Biden because Joe Biden sucks, but what do you want me to say? This didn't begin with Joe Biden. You're getting crushed right now? Go watch that video of Dr. Burks I just played over and over and over and over again. That's why you're getting crushed right now. Because we have a bunch of idiots in charge of this country and spineless losers in both parties who don't have the guts to step up and logically, in a sober way, assess a situation, do an honest risk assessment, and figure out what we should and shouldn't do. We have the dumbest, weakest people in the country leading the country, and that's exactly why we are where we are. Now... 
for some good news. Well, half good news. The Senate just passed a bill, 57 votes. It was actually led by Rand Paul to stop all this crazy mask mandate stuff. Now, that's the good part of it. The bad part of it is it will almost undoubtedly be vetoed by Joe Biden because we're going to continue this insane assault on America's mental health, wearing these stupid things on your face that didn't do anything for the last two years. And of course, Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney voted to keep masks on airplanes. Of course he did. How you doing? Put your mask on. Don't tell me what to do. Please put your mask on. It's, it's required by law in the circle. I'm standing six feet away. I'm sorry. It's required in the Okay, circle. I'll tell you what, because you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it because I want to have a chat with you. Why aren't you supporting President Trump? I do support uh, things President Trump does. I think I agree with you were voted in as a conservative to represent the conservative constituents, period. Actually, that's not how the Constitution works. It is. You're voted in to represent us. You work for us. Am I wrong? I work for the people of Utah. And exactly. Utah. And I am from Utah. Yes, well, but you're not the only one. I voted. I know. There's a lot of people that didn't oh, vote for you. Vote, we'll make sure of that one. You're a joke. Absolute joke. It's disgusting shame. It is a disgusting shame. Want a new example? He just voted yesterday with Democrats. He voted with Democrats to keep masks on two-year-olds. How many times have I played you the videos of the kids sobbing, trying to keep their masks off their faces? How much mental health have we done? How mental health damage have we done to kids in this country? Well, nearly 10% of America's children under 17 are now reporting anxiety. 5% say they have flat-out depression. That's from a government study. We've seen others saying it's much, much, much higher, which leads us back to the one we relied on at the beginning of all this insanity, Dr. Fauci. Seen him lately? Heard from him lately? He just up and disappeared like a fart in the wind. It's amazing. You can't seem to find the guy. Someone put out an APB. The guy's been running the United States of America for two years. I, an American, would like to know where he is. Why isn't he on the screen? Oh, is COVID not popular now? Did it get politically unpopular so we just dropped it like a hot potato? That's exactly what happened. There has to be a reckoning in this country. Fauci's worried about Republicans taking over because there'll be public hearings. Oh... Fauci is very, very, very lucky it will be Republicans taken over and not an anti-communist like me. Because Dr. Fauci would never see the light of day again. He'd go to prison for the rest of his life. So he is worried about this. But, uh, I mean, Rand Paul and Fauci. The director of this institute has been sitting in his position for 38 years without ever being approved by the Senate. Imagine how much has changed in the world since Anthony Fauci started in his position. In 1984, the internet was one year old, Prince and Madonna were at the top of the music charts, and Steve Jobs had just released the first Apple PC. It weighed over 16 pounds. The one thing that's remained the same over all this time is Dr. Fauci, at the head of the most powerful institute at NIH. The emails that have been revealed show him to be a petty, partisan politician who's not above taking down his scientific enemies, not above having an enemies list. This is someone who really seriously needs to be separated from government. My amendment will make sure that no one person can hold that job for generations with no accountability. It divides the NIAID into three different institutes, one for allergic diseases, one for infectious diseases, and one for immunologic diseases. This aligns with their current mission to better understand, treat, and ultimately prevent these types of diseases. 
The directors of the three new institutes will be appointed by the President, confirmed by the Senate, and serve for five-year terms, but they can be reappointed. This will provide the accountability that's sorely lacking at the NIH today. I ask for your support. You got my support. He should be in prison the rest of his life for what he's done to this country. And we don't even talk about Andrew Cuomo anymore. Just came out. He hit a bunch of nursing home deaths so he could make himself feel better, make himself look better to everyone else. While the media was clapping for him, Andrew Cuomo was having old people killed. Having old people killed. Andrew Cuomo is directly responsible for more deaths of his citizens than any other governor in the history of the United States of America. And I know what you're saying. Oh, Jesse, but they kicked him out. Kick him out for that? The Democrats knifed him in the back for some ridiculous sexual harassment claims. They didn't knife him in the back for killing over 15,000 New Yorkers. They didn't knife him for that. There's been no accountability. And don't tell me these politicians getting called in front of a committee here or a hearing there. Don't tell me that's accountability. If I go out today and I get hammered drunk behind the steering wheel and I get in a car wreck and kill someone on the road, am I just going to have a committee hearing? Well, I'm responsible for the death. I know exactly where I'll be. You'll find me in a Texas state prison somewhere. Hearings are not accountability. Trials, prison time, that's accountability. There has to be a reckoning for what has been done to this country. A reckoning. Even as we speak, the Biden administration is complaining they're running out of money for things like monoclonal antibodies. So you may be asking yourself, well, why don't they just pass something through Congress to give them more money for this clearly life-saving technique? Nope. The Biden administration has a bunch of other crazy communist things they want to throw in the bill to go with the monoclonal antibody stuff. Therefore, if you don't vote for all their communist stuff, they can say, ah, sorry. You want people to die? That's right. The people running this government are more than happy to murder more Americans if you don't pass the bills they want passed. Don't tell me to care about other things right now. Don't you dare. Here's from Jen Psaki's own mouth. Today we've outlined the severe and immediate consequences that the United States will face if Congress fails to provide us with $22.5 billion in emergency funding to fight COVID-19. Those consequences are dire. Fewer monoclonal antibodies sent to states and inability to purchase additional treatments, fewer tests available to Americans, less surveillance for future variants, and a risk of running short on vaccines. And in the next couple of months, there could be increasing cases of COVID-19 here in the United States as well. We talked about this a bit yesterday. Waiting to provide funding until we're in a worse spot with the virus will be too late. We need funding now, so we're prepared for whatever comes. If I never hear the word emergency again from the government, it'll be too soon. You see, it's an emergency. Emergency! It's an emergency! The people who run this country are monsters who would happily murder you and your whole family if it meant it was good for them. They've proven that to you for the last two years. And I see these emails, these stories about how bad people are getting brutalized. And then I see today the U.S. government just handed out $800 billion to Ukraine. God love the Ukrainians. Good for them, but... Do we not see the stories of Americans? Do Americans not matter anymore? Do they get anything? No, they get high gas prices and inflation. Freaking disgraceful. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, how dangerous are things here at home? Oh, I've got a video to play for you next. I think it'll be pretty eye-opening. And speaking of dangerous here at home, who do you use for email? 
What do you do? You got, a, got a Gmail account? You understand that they're collecting all the information in that email, right? The ones you receive, the ones you, the ones you send. They're collecting your information, and they're not just collecting it and holding it. They're collecting it and giving it out and selling it to other people. That's reality. The only chance you have at getting truly secure communications is through secure, with a K. They're not based in America. They're based in Switzerland. They can't be touched by all these crazy big tech companies. Go sign up today. Go to secure.com today. Use the promo code JESSE, and you get 25% off the whole year. So that's $7.50 a month. $7.50 a month to actually have secure communications. Secure.com promo code JESSE. We'll be back. At the leader of my niche, I'm addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the niche of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Joining me now, my friend Josh Hammer. He's the Newsweek opinion editor, also an Edmund Burke Foundation research fellow. Josh, before we get to everything else that was in the bill and everything else Zelensky said today and whatnot, let's let's focus on Biden for a moment. Is the American president still the leader of the free world? Jesse, first of all, greetings to you from Berkeley, California, the belly of all bellies oh. of the beast. So, so uh, wish, wish, wish me luck, man. Yes, yeah, seriously, first of all. <laughs> um, so because I'm out here in California, I did not watch the speech live. I've caught up in the past few hours, so I think I have a good grasp of what's going on here. Is Joe Biden the leader of the free world? Look, I, I, I can basically answer that question is no, but the obvious answer then is who is? I mean, I guess the natural answer would be that there's not necessarily one person who has emerged as that. But Jesse, I mean, as you and I talk about every day in the jobs that we do, President Biden, whether it is inflation on the domestic front, obviously, whether it's the metastasis, the spread of critical race theory and all this toxic woke ideology, whether it's the Afghanistan boondoggle, China, China basically marched into Hong Kong and took over Hong Kong, by the way, last year. No one's even talking about that anymore. So on issue after issue, Biden has completely beclowned himself on the world stage. Republicans will probably dominate this fall at the ballot box. They obviously deserve to do so simply because the democrats are so appallingly bad not because the republicans are particularly good at anything obviously but he is by what it's worth from my perspective he is not the leader of anything right now he's maybe the leader of his own bedroom that's probably about it <laughs> all right Zelensky played a video today you can call it a propaganda video but that word has such an ugly connotation to it everyone uses propaganda and everyone should because propaganda works but he played congress a propaganda video today and ended with the call for a no-fly zone here it is
okay, look pretty well done as far as propaganda videos go. And actually, to be honest with you, I have no problem with Zelensky trying to save his own country by getting America and NATO to try to close the skies over Ukraine. I don't find that to be a, a, a bad stance to take. I would, I would hope the leader of Ukraine would want that stance. But uh, is this going to work on the absolute dollars we have in Congress, Josh? So first of all, Jesse, since day one of this conflict, I don't know how much how much attention you've paid to the at Ukraine, the blue check Twitter account. There is no way that that account is being run from Ukraine. I guarantee you that some Ivy League graduate somewhere in the New York, D.C. corridor who's probably connected to Soros and all stuff is actually running that. So the entire kind of Ukrainian information operation, whether it is that Twitter account, whether it is this very crisply edited, kind of tearing up the Heartsprings video, there is no way that any of this stuff is coming from Ukraine. It's coming from kind of Western-aligned interests who have some serious, probably financial and geopolitical reasons to want Zelensky in power and for Ukraine to not fall back into Moscow's sphere of influence. But to your point, Jesse, look, if you are Zelensky, okay, if your country is being invaded by a bad man, if Vladimir Putin is obviously a bad man, this invasion is totally unjustified and uncalled for. If you are Zelensky, it makes sense, obviously, to ask for the world. It makes sense to shoot for the moon because you fundamentally have nothing to lose, okay? So from his perspective, it makes all the sense in the world to do so. From an American perspective, though, he's asking us to risk getting involved in World War III. A no-fly zone is literally, I mean, I think people, like, they hear the word no-fly zone and they and they think they sound kind of like all, like, badass. I mean, they, they sound like they're in the military. A no-fly zone, using all this kind of military jargon. For the people who don't understand, calling for a no-fly zone literally is calling on the U.S. and NATO to shoot down Russian planes. That is an act of war with a country that has 6,000 nuclear weapons. Okay? We should not be messing with that. Period, full stop, end of story. So I I pray to God that he does not get that request, but I definitely do not begrudge him asking it because as from a Ukrainian national interest perspective, he obviously has a very, very, very clear interest in trying to entice the U.S., the U.K., and all the other Western powers into this conflict. We should very politely but firmly say no, no thank you. Okay, then how are we supposed to feel about this close to a billion dollars? I believe the actual number is 800 million in weapons we sent them today. Honestly, I don't have a problem sending them some javelins. I don't have a problem with Ukrainians killing Russians. That's just fine with me. But I do have a problem, Josh, when I'm looking at an email stack of like a thousand emails of people sending me things of how they've been wiped out with gas prices and inflation and we're sending $800 million across the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, and that's a totally reasonable concern, right? I mean, at a time like this, I mean, here in California where I'm recording, I think gas is literally over $7 a gallon. I mean, I live in Florida. I saw saw it over $5 back in Florida. I mean, this is crazy stuff. I mean, literally, I remember, literally, when I was a kid, Jesse, I have vivid memories of gas being under a dollar. I can remember like 98 cents a gallon gas. So shouldn't we be spending that money at home to kind of build through the Keystone XL pipeline to be starting to like frack the crap? out of Western oil and natural gas lands to kind of get our liquefied natural gas exports in place. The best way to defeat Putin, because Putin presides over a failing petrostate, that's what modern Russia is. It is an energy-dependent, fossil-fuel-driven petrostate. The best way to kind of engage in diplomacy and wage geopolitical warfare against Putin is not necessarily through the planes, not through the fighter jets or any of that. It is through the pump. It is through energy because that is the lifeblood of what Russia stands for. So, look, like you, Jesse, I am sympathetic to the Ukrainian cause. I would prefer that Zelensky stay in power as opposed to Ukraine becoming the next Belarus, the next kind of Russian puppet state there. That, that is what best serves the American interest. 
But we're talking about a lot of money right now. And America is massive, massively in debt. We are running these gargantuan deficits every year. Surely a lot of that money, perhaps all of it, but a minimum, a lot of it could be better spent here on the home front. All right, Josh, you have a piece up in Newsweek talking about the end of the unipolar moment. What does that even mean? So the basic point of this column is, so for World War II, right, for four and a half decades when the U.S. and the USSR were kind of the two global superpowers, we were engaged in kind of mutually assured destruction all across the world stage, you know, whether it was the proxy battles in Cuba in our own hemisphere, Southeast Asia and Vietnam, Korea, Afghanistan, the Middle East, you name it. We were constantly in kind of a, it was a bipolar world. But the fall of communism, and you know, I'm born in 1989, I'm born in the year that the Berlin Wall fell. So this, this is really all I've known actually. Following the fall of the Berlin Wall, kind of in my entire lifetime, America has been kind of the unmitigated, unquestioned economic, diplomatic, geo geopolitical, military superpower. And we obviously got very carried away. We kind of got that to our head. We kind of got, I think, very kind of jingoistic in a lot of ways. We are, our ego got the better of us. That obviously kind of led to kind of the wars of regime change, with, which you know about all too well, Jesse, of course, in Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, all these kind of failed interventions. And I think around the time that we kind of saw the returns on these investments, and they were not very good returns, as encapsulated by the disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan just last year, around that same time, China has just risen and risen and risen and risen. They had this ridiculous Belt and Road Initiative infrastructure project where they're basically trying to take over economically and hard physical asset infrastructure, large swaths of the Middle East, Africa, Asia. They're all over our own hemisphere. They're flying hypersonic missiles around the world just to show that they can do it. They took over Hong Kong last year. They're probably going to take over Taiwan. I tend to be pretty pessimistic on that one. So we are, I think, entering a new age of great power competition. It's kind of it's going to be, I think, basically a new Cold War footing. And America has to habituate itself and get accustomed to that. We are no longer in a place where we can basically just swing our big, you know what, all around the world and just dictate the rules of the road in every possible theater. We have to more strategically pick and choose our battles accordingly. And that's kind of why I think this Russia-Ukraine thing is ultimately a big distraction from the elephants in the room, which is obviously China. Josh Hammer, my friend. Good luck out there in Berkeley, brother. <laughs> I'm going to need it, Jesse. Thanks for that. Be good. All right. We have Lee Zeldin. He's joining us next. He's running for governor in New York. He has a chance to win. So hang on for that real quick. Now let's talk about something good. Let's talk about the fact you can have all the odors taken out of the air in your home. Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Viruses, mold, Eden Pure Thunderstorm kills them. And I'll warn you, when you, when you take it out of the box the first time, it happened to me. I'm thinking an air purifier, right? I've always had air purifiers, the big towers. You take an Eden Pure Thunderstorm out, it's just this little black thing. It's not very big at all. I looking at it, I thought, what's this thing going to do? Plug it into the outlet, doesn't take up any space, doesn't really make that much noise. You'll smell it. Give it about an hour when you first plug it in, you'll smell the difference. Your clean air. Allergies in your home, gone. I sleep with one by my bed because I wake up now, I don't have allergies anymore. I actually own three of them. One in my room, one in my son's room, one in the living room. You can do the same to have a three-pack for my viewers available. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE, and you get a three-pack for under $200. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back.
So tell us, crime here in New York City, number one topic. I know you're working together with Mayor Adams. How are you going to lower crime here? Well, you know, it took a lot to get us here. The pandemic was a factor, and we're actually climbing out of that, as everybody knows, and we're glad to see, to see it. The courts were terribly affected by that as well. Um, they were arraigning people. We were arresting, but uh, they had trouble during COVID getting grand juries to sit and getting regular juries to sit for trials, and they're still kind of struggling with that. We made actually 4,500 gun arrests last year, but over 80% of those suspects with open gun cases are still out walking around right now, and only 100 of those cases went to trial or a plea. The court system needs to come back. Okay. I'm not sure how much I'm in love with that. Joining me now is Lee Zeldin, obviously congressman from New York and now running for governor against Kathy Hochul. Congressman, it's not that I don't love approaching bail reform, but that sounds a whole lot of blaming guns and gun crimes. It's the guns that are the problem. It doesn't seem people understand what the problem is up there. Right. If you're pushed into an oncoming subway and you end up getting killed, it has nothing to do with guns. If your small business is getting looted day after day and law enforcement prosecutors aren't doing something about it, it has nothing to do with guns. People are getting punched in the face because they're wearing a yarmulke or because they're Sikh or because they're Asian. This has nothing to do with guns. By the way, if you are arrested on an illegal gun charge, that also qualifies for cashless bail. So just another reason why cashless bail should be repealed. District attorneys should be fired if they refuse to enforce the law like Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. And we should be back in the blue. Explain to me how we even got to a place that's that's so insane in this country. It is amazing. It's become a political issue whether or not we should keep violent criminals locked up in jail. I feel like that happened 15 minutes ago. You had the far left running these campaigns where they were losing because these issues are insane. And all of a sudden, they actually start winning some of these campaigns. And then they get more power. I think that the AOC primary win over Joe Crowley in 2018 is an example of an earth-shattering win inside of the Democratic Party primary base. Uh, I've seen it on the floor of the House of Representatives where a, a whole bunch of different members of Congress who have been around a lot longer than she has will line up to go kiss her ring. In Albany, in some of these state capitals, and some of these city halls, you have all sorts of other al acolytes of the far left, AOC's friends, uh, where they are self-described socialists. They come in with an agenda that is anti-policing and they are all about turning streets over to criminals. That is the priority, that, that's the main focus of attention, as opposed to making sure that law-abiding citizens are the ones who are in charge of these streets. People don't feel safe and they end up fleeing the blue states for places down south. And that's why leading, uh, New York State is leading the entire country in population loss. Oh man, that is, that is a shame. And speaking of crime, when people talk about the border and illegal immigration, they normally don't tie those two things to New York. You know, you think Texas or Arizona, maybe California, that's their problem. But in your experience, does that become a New York problem? It's a problem when they're finalizing the state budget a year ago and they create an over $3 billion, what they call excluded workers fund for people who are not legally in the country. When taxpayers, oh will end up with tax increases and higher cost of living and they have a government that doesn't represent them and is prioritizing support for people who aren't even legally in the country, it ends up just contributing to that breaking point where people decide they've had enough and they're heading somewhere else where they feel like their money's gonna 
go further. They'll feel safer. They'll live life freer. Kathy Hochul was introduced at a hockey game, and it didn't go well. Here's a little video of this. Tonight, we'd like to salute Governor Kathy Hochul, the first female governor of New York State. Governor Hochul began her career in public service in the greater Buffalo area, served in Congress, and was twice elected lieutenant governor. Here to drop tonight's ceremonial first puck, a champion of women's rights and leader of the great state of New York, please welcome Governor Kathy Hochul. Ouch. <laughs> so I guess she's not getting elected to any of the Ranger games. Yeah, and the same thing would happen if she drove a few miles east and she went to the Islanders game. The people who are going to these games are the, t the type of person we're talking about right now. They might have a, a kid who right now is in the New York City school system, and if they're under five going to school, uh, which early intervention and some of these other kids are in those classes still, they still have to be masked up. They might not feel safe taking the subway to get to that game at Madison Square Garden. There's the debate that's taking place, not just where games were canceled, and then they're deciding whether or not to require a vaccine passport, require uh, that you get the COVID shot in order to attend the game. All of the convergence of these factors on that sports fan deciding that they don't want the people, the, especially the person who's viewing themselves as an emperor. Uh, Kathy Hochul says that people should go out and get a shot and be her apostles. She gave a speech a couple days ago where she referred her to herself as the mother of all 62 New York counties. We're not looking for people who lust more power and control. We believe in freedom. We want people to be in charge of the government. Last thing is that public service is about serving the public. It's not about the public serving you. And Kathy Hochul is getting a reality check amongst what are constituents, residents, voters. They certainly aren't her apostles. You have some poll numbers that show that New York may not be quite as blue as everyone around there thinks, don't you? New polling just came out. We're actually one and a half points over Kathy Hochul. The elections today, we win. I'm tired of seeing Republicans on their heels and losing in places like Georgia. November 8, 2022 is going to be a great night for watching Democrats on their heels and losing in blue places like New York. Uh, we have the issues on our side. We've been working hard now for almost a year. Tens of thousands of donations, a lot of grassroots support, thousands of volunteers. We saw it November 2nd with a lot of focus on Virginia, but all across New York, a lot of seats went from blue to red. No one's going to be able to outwork us. We feel very confident about our plan. We're going to work hard. We're going to take nothing for granted, but we are going to shock the world. We are going to win this race come this November. We have to win this race to save our state. When you win, can I visit you in the governor's mansion? I don't need to eat or stay. I just want to say I was in the governor's mansion in New York. Yeah, I'll just warn you, though, uh, each of these past few governors have all stated that they don't believe in ghosts, but the mansion is definitely haunted. Okay, so you know what? Never mind. I'll just actually drive by. I'll just drive by and wave. That'll be that'll be good enough for me. All right. Speaking of governors, former governors, finally, Andrew Cuomo comes out. He was covering up more deaths than we even knew about. An additional 4,100 have been uncovered, according to the New York Post. 
I'll tell you, obviously, I'm glad Andrew Cuomo is gone. Andrew Cuomo is a scumbag. But is he ever going to be held to account for the fact that thousands of New Yorkers are dead? I mean, how many people lost mothers, fathers, grandma, grandpa because of Andrew Cuomo? Getting kicked out of the governor's mansion is not enough. Andrew Cuomo should be prosecuted when he's showing up on a Sunday morning, as he's doing now, to give speeches in uh, as part of church services. It should be from inside of the prison that he belongs to. Uh, I believe that thousands of New York families are wanting more than answers, more than accountability. They want justice. They want to see those responsible. It's Andrew Cuomo and his cronies for all sorts of different scandals, all sorts of misdeeds and misconduct. Kathy Hochul, who was Andrew Cuomo's lieutenant governor, is now the governor. But where was she during all of this? Was she complicit or was she out to lunch? She can choose, but it's one or the other. And she didn't say anything. She didn't do anything. Uh, and people are still demanding that the state of New York do its part to provide those answers, that accountability, that justice for New York families. Andrew Cuomo right now is talking about how he may want to run for governor this November. Now, I think that that happens to be a terrible idea, but if I was to give the selfish answer, I would tell him to jump on in that the water's warm because if I'm running against Kathy Hochul and Andrew Cuomo, our margin of victory only increases. For the, the good of New Yorkers, I think he belongs in prison. Yeah, he does. Go get him, Congressman. We're rooting for you. Thank you, sir. I'm not going to a haunted mansion. I'm not doing it. All right. Now... We have a lot more still for you, but first I want to talk to you about something. I like to dip. Ever tell you that? I've told you that before. I, I got started even before I joined the Marine Corps. And then I was dipping all the time in the Marine Corps. When I got out, I was dipping. So when you dip as long as I dipped, you always want it. You always think about it. I drive by a gas station. Maybe I get done doing this show at night, drive on the way home. I, to this day, I'll drive by one. I'll be kind of giving it the side eye. I could swing in there and get, get a can of it. So I need help. I need help to stay quit. Quitted? I don't know if that's a word, but that's what I'm using. Black Buffalo is what I use, and it works really, really well. You see, Black Buffalo, it doesn't have the tobacco leaf or the tobacco stem. And yet I still get the same feel and same flavor of dip. Whatever you flavor, whatever your flavor preference is, they have it. Mint green, straight, they have it all. So if you're trying to quit, or you've already quit and you're trying to stay quitted, go to blackbuffalo.com, use the promo code JESSE, and that actually gets you 25% off your first order. Blackbuffalo.com, promo code JESSE. Product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We'll be back. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to distract you from the latest shiny object the media is dangling in front of everybody. I understand that we're supposed to look a squirrel every five seconds. I get that. But we are going to stay focused on the things that actually matter on this show. You see, I understand there's wars here and earthquakes here and trouble here and trouble there. I get it. The, the earth is never short on trouble. But right here in the United States of America, the most dangerous thing happening right now by a mile as the administrative state taking its guns and aiming them at the American people, aiming them at anyone on the right. Now that we have completely filled our government with leftist activists, we are now in very serious trouble. How much trouble are we in? 
Well, Project Veritas allegedly got possession of a diary from Joe Biden's daughter. This is all alleged stuff. They couldn't verify it. They couldn't verify it. Look, there was some really, really disturbing stuff in there, but they couldn't verify it, so nothing was going on. Okay, so why am I talking about this? Well, this was the federal government's response when they found out someone was in possession of a diary that might make the president look bad. I'm sorry, so what is this regarding? This is the search warrant. also point out that that very same FBI then took private documents from that whole raid, documents they weren't supposed to release, and they illegally leaked them to the New York Times who printed them. We have a weaponized federal government against you, and there is nothing, and I do mean nothing, more dangerous in the world than that. Those people, they have the power to destroy your life. Like that, they can't. They want to ruin your life, they can. Your marriage, your job, they want to try to lock you up or maybe successfully lock you up, they can. They can do it to anybody. They have that power. So if they've become a partisan political group who goes after people on the right, that is a very, very, very big deal. And oh, believe me, they are. We have new revelations too from the DHS. They're now monitoring everyone at DHS for what they call it, extreme behavior. Now let me ask you something. What do you think Mayorkas, the head of DHS, what do you think he would consider extreme? I want you to consider your social media timeline, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you have, if you have them. Do you think Mayorkas would consider any of that extremist? Talk about making you uncomfortable. All right, we still have a great light in the mood. Next. You ever play any tricks on your dad? I tried. You can probably imagine my dad is a bigger, fairly rough individual. It never really worked out that well when you try to prank your dad. And, uh, well, here's a daughter. She tried to prank her dad, convincing him she was in jail. It didn't go that well. Hello. Hello, this is a collect call from Cook County Jail for inmate Gianna Carley. Say yes if you would like to accept. No. <laughs> See, he's mad. He's going to call you now. I don't think that was good. He's going to be pissed. He's going to be so pissed. I told you. <laughs> Oops. All right. I'll see you tomorrow.